Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. You worked all week. Work, 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 work. You didn't have time to look at your fantasy lineups. Son of a But don't be afraid. That's why we give you Weekend Fantasy Update. Woohoo! Welcome back, Hour 3 of Weekend Fantasy Update on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Joe Gaina, George Kurtz, producer Rob Bowe doing a great job keeping us flying straight. Thanks for spending part of your weekend with us. And uh, George, I mean, uh, I mean, you are the uh, closer guru for the Roto Experts. Uh, read your uh, article uh, every week. And, uh, I mean, we mentioned it earlier in the show how the uh, closer spot is one of the most volatile in fantasy baseball today. So let's go uh, quickly over through uh, some, uh, some news regarding uh, some closer situations. And uh, Sir Anthony Dominguez, you kind of last week intimated that there was something brewing there. Uh, the guy's really on fire. As per NBC Sports Philadelphia, as of Friday, had faced... 43 big league batters, and only three have reached base. Had a two-inning save on Thursday. We, uh, that, is that the start of uh, something big? Well, I mean, I love Sir Anthony Dominguez. Love him. Mm-hmm. Now, you got a rookie manager in Gabe Kapler who has done things a little out of the box so far mm-hmm. this season. I think that's putting it nicely. Uh, right. And now you said two – just because he pitched two innings doesn't mean it's a – you know, a springboard towards the closing role because they may like him in that sort of Dylan Batantis role where he can go multiple right. innings and pitch the sixth and seventh. Well, you know, I get five Batances, outs, four outs. Don't get me started, Batantis. <laughs> I'm, I'm saying the role. Uh, Batantis is. Uh, I, know, he's, I know. He's he's got his own issues, but yes. uh, is he the best relief pitcher in the Philadelphia bullpen? Yes. I don't even think it's close. Don't even think it's close. But Kapler, like I said, he's a new manager who's uh, uh, he may be more inclined, especially since he doesn't have. There's no Chapman. There's no Kimbrel here. So he doesn't have mm-hmm. to go and say, okay, this guy has to close. He can play where, hey, my best reliever is going to pitch when I need him most. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he can do that if he wants to make that sort of, uh, you know, put that in concrete right now. And I think that's a good thing to do if, uh, if he's willing to do that. So as much as I think Dominguez is the best uh, reliever right now, I don't mind picking him up because you you'll get some saves, you get a smattering of saves. He'll certainly protect your uh, your ratios. He'll get you some strikeouts too. Well, I think he has. Yeah, I think he has a lot of value here, but I don't think he's going to be named the team's closer. Not unless Nearis, you know, falls apart. And he didn't pitch very well last night. You know, right. uh, so it, it could it definitely could happen here. So I think Dominguez is a pickup. Yes, but if you're looking for a guy who's going to get you know 20 saves the rest of the season, 25 saves. I don't think that's going to happen. Not yet. It's not an automatic yet, right? Okay. No, not yet, but of, I do I was, think it's coming. I was thinking of trading for him, but uh, I guess based on what you're saying, uh, maybe I could still pursue the trade, but just uh, don't uh, 
unload uh, a mother load to try to get him. I mean, you know, be be. Wise. I would try to buy low first. You know, yeah. I would definitely try and buy low, see if you can get the guy to deal. Listen, he's not even the closer; it's still nervous. But uh, you know, hey, you know, you could try that. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. I don't know if that's going to work because this guy does have some pub. Yeah, you know, we're right. all talking about him. So uh, mm-hmm. I'll tell you one thing: try now because I think the price is only going to get higher. <laughs> right. Uh, last week we had talked about Alex Colome being traded to the Mariners, and, and maybe there was more than meets the eye to that trade in a way, right? I mean, Edwin Diaz, uh, Mariners closer, leads baseball with 19 saves, but uh, do you think that his owners should be concerned? I mean, as of coming into Saturday's action, had given up five runs in his last two outings. Do you think anything brewing there? I don't think so, but if there is an injury there, that would sort That's of make sense. Yeah. I would have thought if there was an injury, they would have placed him on a deal then as soon as they got Colome. Mm-hmm. Why are you still letting him pitch? You right. know, and that doesn't make any sense to let him pitch if he's, if he's hurt here. You know, you'd, you got Colome, so you got your, your closer, you put Diaz on the deal, and you fix him. You know, mm-hmm. so I don't think there's something here as far as a conspiracy theory, but mm-hmm. I'm not going to tell you that it didn't cross my mind as well. You know, mm-hmm. it certainly did, because uh, I, I, I'm someone who likes conspiracy theories. They're fun to talk about. <laughs> now, he had the right. blow-up you mentioned against Texas where he gave up four runs, and then mm-hmm. uh, last night gave up a run. So he certainly had some issues here. But, you know, he had so many clean outings before that. You mentioned leads the league in saves. Mm-hmm. Right now, I think it's just a blip on the radar, o- only because nothing else really makes sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, you mentioned uh, conspiracy theories. Uh, only sports or just uh, in general? Like being, uh, are you into like political conspiracy theories? Depends on the theory. I'm not someone who necessarily believes in a lot of them, but uh, I don't mind talking about them because uh, things cross my mind. That, hey, maybe right. something's going on here. You know, Some turn out to be true. Most are not. Mm-hmm. All right. I was going to ask you if you thought that Lee Harvey Oswald actually uh, killed uh, or assassinated JFK. Oh, I'm actually a big JFK uh, guy. Uh, no, I think there's more. Go- I think there's a lot more going on there than we'll ever know. You know, mm-hmm. I just. Uh, yeah, I think the one thing that comes down to me that uh, that was true. I mean, if you ever watched the movie JFK, a lot of that stuff's probably bogus. But the one part that I know is true <laughs> is that the uh, the Army sharpshooters couldn't do what he did the with the bolt bullet, action right? rifle. Right. Mm-hmm. The ma- yeah, it didn't make any mm-hmm. sense, which it doesn't. Mm-hmm. You know, when you see mm-hmm. it. So that's the one part that always gets uh, gets me. But uh, that that movie JFK was Oliver Stone. I mean, it's a fun movie to watch. It, it yeah. truly you is. You need to invest some time. If I remember, I- I've seen it like once or twice, but it's like a three-hour movie. But uh, but very oh, yeah. entertaining. Thought it is. It's got so many top well. name actors from you know, Cosmos, oh, yeah. the star. cameos. But, yeah, yeah. Right, you got John Candy, Tommy Lee Jones is in it. I think Kevin Bacon's <laughs> yeah. in it. They're all in it. It's just uh, it's a it's yeah. a very good flick. Yes, yes. Um, so you, you talked about, uh, you know, Edwin Diaz, and if he was injured, maybe they wouldn't let him pitch. But uh, how about uh, Pirates closer Felipe Vasquez? Had, uh, there was talk about him uh, suffering a little forearm discomfort. Then that kind of quieted down when he nailed the uh, saves in back-to-back appearances. Uh, blew a save uh, opportunity Thursday night. Gave up four earned runs. Uh, didn't record an out. So, I mean, who's next uh, when it comes to uh, the uh, Pirates' closes? I mean, uh, George Contos, uh, Richard Rodriguez. Uh, I mean, uh, Rodriguez, man, when you look at his numbers, almost 14 Ks per nine over 20.2 innings. Yeah, uh, it's funny. With, with Vasquez, uh, Clint Hurdle actually came out, the manager, and said that his mm-hmm. job's not in jeopardy. You know, mm-hmm. so uh, that lets you know that generally when they come out and say that, that means his job is in jeopardy. Because right, once again, there's smoke, there's generally fire here. But it right. also show, goes to show you, I mean, that you have one bad outing. He, yes, he got mm-hmm. crushed. 
the other day. It's not only the bad outing. It's that forearm uh, issue that supposedly he had, too. But that wouldn't take you from the role. That would just put you on with DL. Mm-hmm. So there's two different things here. Yeah, and uh, he said he wouldn't be removed from the role. Didn't say he was going to put on with DL. He said removed from the role. Now, once again, maybe he misspoke. Maybe he did mean injury. It very well could be. Mm-hmm. You bring a press conference. You, uh, we all misspeak at times. So, uh, you know, and his numbers aren't great. I mean, 4.84 ERA, 1.57 whip. His job should be in jeopardy. I mean, mm-hmm. it really should. The problem is I don't think the Pirates have anybody ready-made to take that mm-hmm. job. You know, you mentioned George Contos. You know, he's nobody fantastic. You know, nobody they're going to be dying to get in that role. You know, they don't. They just don't have that that close. They, there's no Sir Anthony Dominguez anywhere near here. You know, right. or else there would be a lot more talk about it. Kyle Crick is uh, Vasquez wasn't available to pitch last night. Uh, it looked like Crick was the one who was, uh, would have taken over the closing role should they had needed a save opportunity. So mm-hmm. you know, and he's nothing special. So that's the bottom line here. There's just no one there to take that role. Mm-hmm. Uh, Marlins named a new closer. Kyle Baraclow. Uh Interesting. You look at this guy. I mean, five and a half walks per nine for his career. I mean, he's got the strikeouts, but uh, he's, he's uh, ERA 1.48 so far this season. But you, you got to wonder if with that wildness, if he's going to be an effective closer. And not only that, I mean, obviously, Marlins aren't going to win that many games. Oh, you're right. I mean, if there was ever a bet you could have made, it was that Ziegler would not last the season as the Marlins' closer. Uh, <laughs> not so much that he was going to pitch poorly, but that, that was going to come too. But because uh, even if he pitches well, I expect them to trade him by the deadline. Yes. I'm surprised they made this move. Only mm-hmm. because you've lessened his trade value now. Mm-hmm. You know, you've, I mean, not that, not that you were going to fool anybody with Brad Ziegler. You know, and getting a better prospect. He's pitching the eighth, seventh, or ninth innings. But uh, it's a move. You know, it's, it's a more of a PR thing. So I'm surprised mm-hmm. they made this move. Uh, you mentioned Barraclough. The last thing you want out of a, out of a closer is a guy who puts people on base for free. You know, <laughs> it, it's frustrating. It's frustrating to know. And you just mentioned Dylan Batantis. What does he drive everybody mm-hmm. crazy? No one can hit the guy, but he'll put right. you on base. Walk, walk, mm-hmm. hit by pitch. You know, three wild pitches. I mean, uh, I feel bad for Gary Sanchez sometimes because the pitches aren't even close where they're supposed to be. But anyway, uh, as for Barraclough, yes, he's the closer now. I guess you could say it's his job to lose, but Steckenrider is not that far behind. Mm-hmm. So you would would you then temper your uh, bets on the waiver wire? You wouldn't. Would you, you... Well, you can't. It's a closer. Every save has value, and he is the closer. So you know, it's it's not like he's going to lose his job in a week. He's the closer right now. But you said it earlier. How many wins do you think this team is going to get the rest of the season? They've played above their head so far uh, the first couple of months here. But every save has value. If you need saves, yes, you go out and get them. How much you have to spend really depends upon your league and how many are there, are there any closers on the waiver wire? Is it the only one? How many people need closers? You know, it's always difficult to judge how much you should spend, but you're unlikely to get them for a dollar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very unlikely. You're right. Uh, in today's uh, climate of uh, fantasy baseball. Uh, we, uh, you had uh, mentioned a little bit uh, earlier about the Mets uh, bullpen in terms of that they kind of flip-flopped the way that they used Giselman and Familia earlier this week where uh, Giselman uh, pitched the ninth, but uh, Familia uh, was brought in to face the tougher part of the Braves order in the eighth inning. Uh, Mets bullpen as a whole just continues to blow leads uh, and gains, right? The bullpen uh, has a 4.41 ERA. Uh, Mets uh, suffered three walk-off losses in their last road trip. I mean, uh, what are we looking at in terms of uh, Familia's, Familia's role going forward? Can he start? 
Because really, the Mets, the the Mets have all sorts of issues. I mean, the, everyone seems to be hurt. Uh, their bullpen is imploded. I mean, really imploded right now. Mm-hmm. I, you know, it was. Like I said it was interesting the other night in the eighth inning. Is what we're talking about here against the Braves. Uh, Mickey Callaway went the familiar, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, it was a good move because um, I think it was a two, three, four batters. It could have been three, four, five, but uh, it, it was certainly a, a hard upon. Uh, it was the inning to win the game. Because the ninth inning, assuming everything went well in the eighth, you were going to face the bottom of the lineup. You know, so it made sense to we what he did. He put familiar against the better hitters and then went for uh, Gaselman in the ninth inning. Is he going to do that over and over again? I have my doubts. You know, mm-hmm. but it is an, a situation worth watching. Uh, you know, of all the teams to do this, a New York-based team would be surprising, but it is the Mets. Nothing they do shocks me. And like I said, I think this is actually the smart thing to do. But you just mm-hmm. generally don't see teams do this not – over and over again, maybe short term here and there, which is what the Mets did, maybe. But I don't know if the Mets are going to do this, you know, like I said, for each game. But it's a situation mm-hmm. worth watching. Certainly, Familia's job security has gone down a notch. Right. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I kind of get the feeling that we're witnessing like a, a baseball evolution, it's, especially when it comes in terms of use of, of of pitchers, especially relievers. I mean, we remember last December, teams were signing and trading for middle relief like crazy, right? Uh, you guys, guys like Arietta and Darvish were, you know, languishing before they were signed for a while. I mean, everyone was looking to really pump up their uh, middle relief. I mean, and, you know, with pitchers not working deep into games and, and more and more statistics at uh, teams' fingertips, uh, the teams are going to continue, I think, to micromanage this kind of bullpen works and uh, you know if other teams that aren't as proactive see that it works for other teams hey we know it's a copycat world not only baseball but world I mean we're going to probably witness some kind of a baseball evolution in terms of the way starting pitches used no well you know we're, we're already seeing a lot of evolution in baseball you really are mm-hmm. bunting is bunting and stolen bases are not even done anymore I think they were, I forget who wrote with... right I forget who wrote the column but uh and it was a, a, a top right, and I'm not a, probably for ESPN. But they uh, said that, uh, you know, a couple of unnamed managers said there's nothing for them to do in-game anymore because you don't bunt, mm. you don't hit and run, you don't steal bases. All you but do you is should make be bunting with, the, with these defensive uh, alignments. Oh, that, I guess, I, yes, I, I agree with you there. You actually shouldn't yeah. be bunting, but in your, what you're talking about is absolutely true. Come on. When all these players complain about the shift and they can't get a hit, well, then, you know, maybe you ought to listen – Hit the ball the other way, buddy. I mean, was it last mm-hmm. night in the Yankee game? It was, uh, I think it was Judge. Who does hit the ball to the right side? I, but what Buck Walter was doing last night was he wanted – he'll take the single. He was afraid mm-hmm. of the home run, which came anyway. But uh, yeah. when you see there's nobody on the right side and you still won't hit the ball that way, that to me is, is, is incompetence. It's almost gross right. negligence. I understand mm-hmm. there are certain situations. You know, when you have a power and you're down by a run in the late innings and it's probably his last at bat, especially if there's two outs – Yes, I want him hitting a home run. He hits it to the shift, fine. A single wasn't going to do me anything anyway. But, you know, early in the game, play for the rally, man. Hit, take the ball that way. And as you see, over, uh, again, if you do this just a couple of times, it gets around the league, and guess what? The shift goes away. All you have to do is do it a couple of times. For a major league player, Mark DeShera always drove me insane as a Yankee fan that he goes, no, they pay me to hit home runs. No, no, Mark. We pay you to win baseball games. Mm-hmm. Okay? Do what it takes to win the game. I don't care if it's a single or a home run. I just want to win the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, agree with you, yeah. Uh, and as we finish up our discussion uh, about closers, uh, Zach Britton watch continues, right? Uh, yeah, he'll be back. Get, yeah, yeah. He he's and coming back. He uh, he'll be trying to be back by the middle of the month. <laughs> yes, uh, that's all they want from him. That's the one player I uh, I think I am 
positive will be traded from Baltimore. Mm-hmm. I'm not positive they trade Machado because Peter Angelos is nuts. You know, he mm-hmm. may think that you know Machado will sell more tickets to the, uh, you know, that if without him, forget it. Then you know they'll have ten thousand people in the seats, which he's probably not wrong about. <laughs> but uh, still, you got to build up your team. Machado should have been traded during the offseason. Hell, maybe he should have been traded at last year's trade deadline. You know, mm-hmm. the longer they wait, the less they're going to get in return for him. Mm-hmm. Blake Parker closing games out for the Angels. Yeah, he's the man you want now. Uh, I don't know how long that last show. So, 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 so sure. Doesn't really trust Pedrosian. You know, Middleton's hurt. I think Parker's the guy there for the immediate future. I'd rather have him than Barraclough. Mm. And uh, Ken Giles, leash is getting shorter. It's been short all year, but they don't have anybody else. I mean, they, they can't get a savers. The Yankees are always somebody blowing it there. I think it's Giles, sure. Job security's not great. Davinsky's mm-hmm. there. Will Harris, I'm not really worried about. Brad Peacock could make some, uh, some, he could make some noise there as well. Bottom line is regular season, they want Giles. During the postseason, however, I think it'll be uh, Lance McCullough who takes that job over. All right, there you got it. We'll be back with more fantasy baseball talk on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network weekend. Fantasy update. All around in my own town. They trying to track me down. Did you know that you can listen to this show live on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network? Listen on the iHeartRadio app, the TuneIn Radio app, or download the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network is the only totally free, 24-7, 365 Fantasy Sports Network of its kind without a subscription. Check out YouTube Live on the Fantasy Sports Network YouTube page and participate in the program in there where you can ask questions, discuss the topics with other fantasy enthusiasts, or tell everyone that you disagree. Call into your favorite show and ask your question. The number is 844-84-FNTSY. That's 844-843-6879. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Network, your free fantasy source, 24 hours a day. All right, we're back on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Weekend Fantasy Update. Joglina, George Kurtz. I like that when we were, went out to commercial, played a little uh, reggae music, a little, uh, uh, now we're coming back, a little, little uh, fast-moving, uh, what would you call that kind of music there, uh, Kurtz? I don't know. Did, did you shoot the deputy? <laughs> no, I didn't. And you can't, you sure? Uh, convince, you have an alibi? Can't convince, can't convince me to say otherwise. Uh, but uh, I think hey, you're a suspect. If, well, uh, I have a good alibi. So, uh, hey, I want to remind everyone, uh, if they want a chance to win two tickets to a 2018 World Series game, they got to go to dailyroto.com slash DKMS. And there they'll find a link to a free DFS baseball contest every day. The contests are sponsored by DKMS, who are looking for your help in the fight against blood cancer. For many patients, a bone marrow transplant is the best chance for survival. While 30% of patients can find a matching donor in their families, 70%, that's nearly 14,000 patients each year, must rely on a benevolent stranger to step up and donate. Find out how you can help and play in free DFS contests with a shot at winning two tickets to a 2018 World Series game. 
go to dailyroto.com slash DKMS. That's dailyroto.com slash DKMS. Uh, so, George, uh, we were talking uh, earlier in the show about all the injuries uh, that uh, fantasy players in, in baseball uh, need to deal with. Uh, David Dahl, uh, Rockies outfielder, uh, is going to be out, I think it's uh, up to eight weeks of broken foot. Uh, so, um, you know, a guy that I was noticing that's owned in only 38% of CBS leagues right now is Carlos Gonzalez. Uh, past month, uh, played in 17 games. Uh, 327 batting average, 373 on base percentage, 509 slugging. He's still killing it at home, batting 370 at home. But uh, is he someone that uh, our listeners should be looking to uh, add, especially with the news that David Dahl is uh, back on the DL? Yeah, Dahl, Dahl, not shocking. Uh, and once again, right? Dahl's injury yeah. sh- shouldn't be an injury that hurts you. I mean, he's been hurt, no, not playing, from really, most couple last couple of seasons. I went to, to the mat with him last year. I didn't touch him this year. Uh, I just thought there were too many uh, too many cooks in the kitchen there for him to get regular playing time. As for mm-hmm. Gomez, I mean, you said all the, uh, the relevant points. Sure, he's someone you can look at. You know, there was a time, which, what, three years ago? Where this guy was almost a first-round pick because he had yeah. that mix of speed and power. Uh, mm-hmm. Not as much anymore. You know, you know, what does he have? Uh, seven home runs, only 13 RBIs. That's not very good. Four stolen bases. The problem is he's batting 194. All right. Uh, I don't know if I can take that kind of hit. You know, maybe you can. I probably can't in most of my leagues. We're going to take a guy who's uh, performing that poorly. And as far as average, it's not like it's gotten any better here. I mean, the last uh, seven games, it's 150. 14 games, 150. So he's not, he's in, he's not on a hot streak. So I'm probably going to pass, but it is an outfielder. It is a starting outfielder, so it's someone I guess you could look at here. But for me, I'm, I don't want that hit on my average. I'm passing. There you go. Uh, Nando DeFino, uh, well known to uh, everyone on this network, tweeted out about Rymel Tapia. I mean, uh, with the news that Dahl is going down uh, for a while. Uh, you know, Basically, I mean, when you look at the Rockies outfield, and we've talked about this in the past uh, on this network, how uh, – many lefty bats they have out of that outfield. Unfortunately, Tappy's another lefty bat, but uh, guy, he, he had 288 in, in, uh, in the major leagues last year, uh, killing it in the minor league so far, uh, 299 batting average, eight home runs, nine stolen bases. Uh, is he a guy that you might want to stash? The problem is when he's got the same problem. There's too many cooks. Uh, yeah. You know, not enough, not enough place to play here. If, they, if he's a full timer, yes. Throw in the fact that the co- there's no cause effect this year, not yet. Mm-hmm. Now, maybe not right. the web is heating up. The ball will start to fly out, but we're not seeing these uh, the big you know advantage of playing your course plays. Also, they're going to hit more home runs. Ball's going to travel further. It's not working out that way right now. Mm-hmm. So uh, I'm going to say no. I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to pass on him. You're going to pass. Uh, okay. Yeah, I just don't. It's not him. I do like the player, but I'm not. I don't see the the, the upside here. He's not going to play every day. And it's not, we're not getting a cause if I got where I, he's an automatic start at home. No, no, thank you. All right. Uh, John Gray, he's a guy that every year, doesn't it feel like everyone's like really high on him? Like, if this is going to be the year that he puts it together, uh, you know, 5.6 ERA and 12 starts, 1.48 whip. 
you think this guy's salvageable? I mean, ERA estimators, you know, the FIPS, the XFIPS, and the uh, Sierras, they all say that, you know, his ERA should be in the uh, low threes. Uh, I mean, his strand rate, 63 and a half. So, I mean, if it normalizes to, you know, in the uh, lower to mid-70s, maybe that should help him out a bit. Last season, it was at 74%, his strand rate, and his ERA was at 3.67. Are you a, a John Gray guy? No. Pitching in Colorado, and I, I know I mentioned no, no cause effect, but pitching in Colorado alone <laughs> knocks, you out of, uh, knocks you out of my contention, anything other than the closer. You know, mm-hmm. Gray, though, as far as the pitcher himself, I'm not shocked if he goes seven innings and gives up no runs or goes mm-hmm. three innings and gives up five runs, you know, both right. of which he did in the month of May. And he's, just, he's extremely he's inconsistent this year. He was better last mm-hmm. year. He does strike batters out. You know, he certainly strikes batters out. He's got more than a strikeout per inning this season, which is fantastic, but... You know, and we all know the numbers here. The whip is approaching six. The I'm sorry, the ERA is approaching six. The whip is approaching 1.5. Uh, mm-hmm. Once again, where's your upside here? You know, he's five and six, so you get some W's. The team is in first place, as you mentioned. Uh, but no, uh, I'm not taking a chance. I would just, if he gets bombed at home, there's no one to blame but me because I know better, and that's just going to stick in my head all the time that I can't start him at home. So I'm mm-hmm. not, I'm not going to play that kind of game. Interestingly enough. There is a Colorado starting pitcher that you can start at home. Kyle Freeland, 11 starts, overall 3.43 ERA, 2.19 ERA at home, 4.17 ERA away. Now, this guy is an interesting story because he's actually born in Denver, so maybe he's used to pitching in that thin air. Uh, I wonder if that is something, <laughs> being born there and, uh, you know, what about the guys who aren't born there but live there? I mean, you think they'd be used to it as well. Uh, maybe he just knows how to pitch there. You know, I mean, keep the ball down there, not let the ball get up in the air. Uh, I think he's a he's a rotation filler. You know, <laughs> yeah. I, the numbers are the numbers are good. I mean, he's, he's got a three point four three ERA, one point two WHIP all over. So I mean, that that's fine. But he's also you know not a hard thrower. You know, adds about ninety one miles an hour. Uh, his BIP is uh, pretty much at a career low, two seventy eight right now. So what happens when that rises a little bit, which I expect it mm-hmm. to. So right. uh, bottom line is, I think he, I think he's a pickup right now. I do, but mm-hmm. I, I, for me personally, I, I'll never start him at home. I, I won't. I won't start right. anybody. I don't start good pitches at Colorado. I just don't do right, it right. if I can avoid it. It's it's rare because I know what's coming. You know, I, I don't want to be the waiting for that when you know that pitcher gives up seven runs in four innings. No, thank mm-hmm. you. So, uh, but Freeland. Rotation filler right now. There you go. And uh, you're right. I mean, uh, the uh, the Colorado effect, uh, it's it's still there. It, maybe it isn't as strong as it has been in previous previous years. But you, the, I mentioned Freeland. Uh, it's just interesting to see a couple of Colorado starters actually have ERAs, you know, in the mid-threes. Like uh, Kyle Freeland, overall 3.43. Chad Bettis, overall 3.68 ERA, owned in 59% of the leagues. I'm not telling you to go out and get him. But when you look at his seven away starts, 2.03 ERA. So, uh, but at home? 7.06 ERA. So, you know, maybe somebody that you, if you're playing a DFS game and you're looking for uh, a cheap option and Chad Bettis is pitching on the road, 2.03 ERA, maybe, uh, you know, it'll allow you to, you know, put a, a Mike Trout in your starting DFS lineup. Yeah, you know, DFS is a different animal. 
Because you're absolutely sure. right. We do we, yeah, because we're we're gonna have to uh, make some tough decisions based on uh, you know high price plays. You mentioned Trout is a perfect example. You put Trout in, mm-hmm. you're probably gonna have to go less someplace else and take a uh, an right. educated guess, an educated gamble. You know, so DFS is a, like a different animal than redraft leagues. Uh, even let's face it, daily lineups as far as in redraft leagues are different yep. than weekly lineup sets. You know, mm-hmm. we we can make different decisions. Head to head is different than uh, rotisserie. You know, there are all, all different types of leagues that we play in where your decision could be based on different information. Yep, yep. And just an FYI, I just want to remind everyone again, Madison Bumgarner coming back this week. He had uh, broken his pinky in spring training, uh, faces the Diamondbacks this Tuesday, uh, which, I mean, if he's starting Tuesday, probably be a two-star pitcher. And uh, yeah, the Giants hanging in there. They just got back Joe Panic, right? He was on the DL. Giants uh, hanging in there in a in a close NL West race, right? Uh, I think entering the weekend they were twenty seven thirty. That was their one one loss record, and you know they put together a, a team that uh, probably would have won the division back in I don't know uh, two thousand and four. <laughs> They're not a very good team. They're they're really not. But uh, as I said the division's playing down to them, so they are in the mm-hmm. middle of the race. And getting yeah. Bumgarner back will certainly be a, a mm-hmm. boost of a team. They did lose Brandon Belt. Yeah, you know, looks like he's mm-hmm. going to have an uh, appendectomy, so he could be out a couple of weeks. Uh, yes. He was having a fantastic season for them. Yep, career year. Yep. Uh, I mentioned the Diamondbacks. Here's a name that I didn't think that uh, I'd be talking about on any fantasy show. Uh, their starting pitcher, Clay Buckholtz. Remember him? Indeed, I do. <laughs> yeah, it seems like he, you know, he, you would probably think that he uh, would be older than this, but just 33 years old, right? Former uh, Red Sox. Uh, he used to be pretty good. He has a no hitter under his belt. Um, he's only owned in nine percent of CBS Sports leagues, uh, but has made three starts so far. 18 innings pitched, uh, 14 strikeouts, two walks. Uh, very good uh, ERA. Um, Ended up uh, having some problems with his flexor tendon. Uh, had it uh, put back in place by the famous Dr. James Andrews. Uh, he's lost some velocity. You know, back in the day, he used to be a, a mid '90s uh, fastball type pitcher. Now it's uh, 91 more. You know, coming in around 90 as well. Uh, is he a guy that uh, you might take a chance on uh, for a very minimal investment Maybe on the waiver wire this week? Uh, I mean, I don't. I wouldn't expect anything long term from uh, Clay Buckholtz. Mm-hmm. He is healthy, and that's a bonus mm-hmm. here. He's made three starts. You, know, you said eighteen innings pitched. Two of those starts were against teams that don't have the greatest offense: Mets, Miami, and then the middle mm-hmm. start was against Oakland. And Oakland does have a mm-hmm. good offense. So there's yes, certainly some, mm-hmm. certain, certainly some reason. Ask the Kansas City Royals. Uh, there's certainly mm-hmm. some reason to be encouraged by Buckholtz. Now you mentioned he's more of a, a pitcher now, not a thrower. Yeah, he's going to have yeah. to move the ball in and out, command and control within the strike zone there. I think he's a guy worth watching. You know, mm-hmm. I don't think I'm going to be dying to pick him up. I mean, if I was weak at pitcher, you know, you might want to spend a buck to see what happens. But uh, I don't see this being a long-term thing. You know, so mm-hmm. good for Buckholz that uh, he's healthy and pitching well. But I don't think it's going to last all season. I'm kind of with you on that. But uh, what's encouraging, too, is that, uh, let's face it, we had, we had talked about this a few weeks ago. The uh, humidor has had an effect 
on the run scoring in uh, Arizona. So he's got that going for him. I wouldn't say that Arizona is now a pitcher's park, but it's definitely not, you know, as hitter friendly as it used to be. So, uh, yeah, I'd be cautious uh, and uh, I wouldn't invest too much. But, uh, hey, look, if you're faced with injuries and uh, what fantasy baseball player these days isn't, right? I mean, he might be an option for you. Yeah, you're right. Like I said, we've discussed before. I've told you people who have to, guys have ten guys on a DL. In which case, you anybody, you know, is pretty much anybody who's healthy and throwing the ball could be an option for you. So you're absolutely right. And Buckholz has had success. He knows how to pitch. Just has to be able right, to right. realize you can't blow the fastball by anybody anymore. So throwing the ball dead center not going to work out too well. So we're third. You know, talking about the Diamondbacks, and uh, I also want to talk about Scooter Jeanette uh, in a minute. But uh, Paul Goldschmidt still batting two ten. You know, has He's got to be hurt. It has to be an injury here. And it has to be something that's been bothering him all year long that allows him to play, but is hampering him. And at this point, if it's, if it's not season-ending, you should have put him on a DL. You know, if he needs two weeks off, you should give it to him. You know, if he needs a month off right now, you should be give it, give it to him because he's not doing anything for you anyway. So I have to think there's an injury here that we don't know about. Might be an issue where you know he might end up, like you said, being able to play through it, and then uh, maybe at the end of the season, uh, Diamondbacks will announce that he's having some kind of a procedure after the end of the season. But you're right, this is not the the Paul Goldschmidt that we know. Batting two ten, uh, seven home runs, nineteen runs batted in, and another big part of his game had been the stolen bases. Only has two so far this year. So uh, to get good Paul Goldschmidt in uh, season long leads, you had to invest a. Uh, first round pick, so uh, you're hurting. As a Bust. Player. Yeah, yeah, shocking. Uh, so Scooter Gannett, with Jeanette, is it Jeanette or Gannett? Because you you corrected me with Craig and Greg Nettles, but uh, well, that's just a different spelling. You know, yeah. G and a C. Gannett and Jeanette. Yeah. I mean, I, I usually go with Gannett, but uh, nothing mm-hmm. would shock me. I'll, uh, next time I talk to Scooter, I'll ask him. All right, you can yeah, do that, please. Uh, I mean, look what this guy has done. And really, in my opinion, had no respect coming into fantasy drafts this season. Had a career year last year, but uh, doing it all over again. I mean, I don't expect him to continue batting 341 tight for the uh, National League lead, you know, coming into this uh, season, uh, into this weekend. 11 home runs, 39 runs batted in, uh, 28 years old, uh, has played second base, third base, outfield throughout his career. Uh, I mean, what do you think the Reds should do with him? Use him as a trade pit, uh, trade chip, and in, in terms of trying to, you know, continue to rebuild this franchise, or is he a guy that maybe you could build your team around him? I mean, still you have Nick Senzel uh, in in the minor leagues, and uh, I think they just uh, had signed Eugenio Suarez to a long term deal. I mean, uh, Scooter Gannett, man, on fire. Well, it'd be silly not to at least find out what's out there for him. Yeah, as far as the trade, you know, see what you can get for him. I mean, his numbers are silly. You know, he's at eleven thirty nine, and he's back at three forty one. I mean, I think the power is legit. I think he'll hit thirty home runs, or you know, high whatever it is, high twenties. Uh, I do like the power. The average is certainly is be shocked if it doesn't come down. You know, but he's a player. Listen, fantasy team, you're thrilled. I'd want him. I'll start him. Mm-hmm. But uh, as far as the Reds, I do expect them to hit the trade market, uh, see what they can get for him. Uh, mm-hmm. But in the end, I don't know. I think the decision is going to be they're not going to uh, get the high price package they want. So they're going to decide, is it good enough what we're getting, or do we keep it? Because he's only 28. So you're right. I wouldn't yeah. say you could build around it, but he could be a piece of the puzzle. Yeah, you know, I think he could definitely be a piece time. of yeah. the Cincinnati puzzle. Yeah, so uh, mm-hmm. I wonder what's uh, – I'm curious to see what they're going to do here as well uh, with mm-hmm. Scooter Gannett. But uh, he could be a valuable little piece. A, content, a contending team also has to wonder, well, is that power because of the Great American Small Park? 
which it certainly is. It's a great hitter's ballpark there, and will he not be the same player hitting in my ballpark? You just worry that he's not the next guy, and you hate to even just say this, is that's you know, is going to face an 80-game suspension because, I mean, you know, his real power, I know that he plays in a, in a hitter's park like you just mentioned, but it just came so suddenly, you know? Had a little pop with the Brewers, but nothing like this. And that's another, and the Brewers are another hitter's park, so you, you bring up an interesting point. Listen, I hate that we have to think about this. I mentioned it uh, early, you know, a couple of weeks ago, actually maybe a month ago, about Yadier Molina. Where the hell did this power come from? <laughs> right, right. All right, well, when we come back, we'll continue uh, talking a little fantasy baseball. You're listening to Weekend Fantasy Update on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Have you ever wanted to have a fantasy expert in the palm of your hand? Or better yet, in the pocket of your khakis? Well, check it out. Now you can. It's the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. Download it now to your phone, we promise. No weird viruses, no strange tracking things. Just 24 hours a day, seven days a week of pure fantasy knowledge dropping all over your head. It's the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. Stop being a weirdo and streaming it online. Get it on your phone. Take it with you everywhere you go. Welcome back to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Weekend Fantasy Update. You got Joe Galini, you got George Kurtz. And Rob Bo producing our show. And uh, so we've been going through uh, periodically throughout the show, George, uh, some of our favorite players of all time. I know you're a big hockey fan, and I'm sure you're going to be talking about some Islanders here, but. Uh, do you have one favorite hockey player or several, or what's the story? Uh, I, I said, I'm an Islander fan, so I go back to the 80s dynasty teams. My favorite player always mm-hmm. was Brian Trottier, and it's a no, number 19. It's a number I wear when I play hockey on most of my leagues. Also a big Clark Gillies fan uh, for what mm-hmm. he brought to the team. But it's, I mean, Bobby Nystrom, Mike Bossy, Dennis Poffman, Billy Smith. I can go on and on with the Islanders from there. Mm-hmm. But as far as my one favorite, it was definitely Trottier followed by Gillies. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm a casual hockey fan. I mean, uh, but uh, my favorite all-time hockey player uh, is Marc Messier. Uh, obviously, uh, he helped the uh, Rangers win the Cup after uh, 40 years of, uh, you know, not doing anything really, right? I mean, uh, had that <laughs> game much. against... <laughs> yeah. Uh, had that game against the Devils where he promised to win. And, uh, to, you know, and they did. So, uh, Meto, Meto, Meto. Yeah, no. Yeah. Uh, is, is, who, who's the, I mean, it's hard to say, but who, who do you think the greatest hockey player of all time is? Is it, is it Gretzky? Uh, you know, how much of Gretzky's career was helped by having, you know, a nice supporting cast around him, guys like uh, Messier there as well? Well, I mean, that's always the truth. I mean, you have great players around you. I mean, it looks like the Islanders are the same way. You know, they're, they're great teams. Uh, Gretzky's the greatest player ever. I don't. I think that's very hard to argue. You know, Mario Lemieux also is certainly up there. But I'll tell you one thing. I think the greatest goal scorer ever is Alexander Ovechkin for what he's doing in today's game. You know, today's game where the goalies wear really, I mean, so much pain. They're, they're wearing couch cushions on their arms and on their legs. You know, and you don't have, you don't have any net to shoot at. You know, back then, I'll say, uh, 
you look at the games in the 70s, 80s, beyond before that, goalies were nothing. I mean, they literally wore almost nothing, and you have plenty of the net to shoot at. And this day, there's nothing in the net to shoot at. The see Ovechkin putting up the numbers he's putting up now, and he's going to come. Mm-hmm. I don't think he'll surpass Gretzky's goal totals by the time he retires, but he's going to come damn close. I think that's amazing for what he's doing in this day and age. Gretzky's the best player ever, but Ovechkin's the best goal scorer ever. There you go. You heard it here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. So uh, let's get to you talking some uh, fantasy baseball. Um, Paul DeJong looks like he's going to be out until early July. Guy getting a lot of uh, press these days is uh, Yairo Munoz uh, for the Cardinals. Uh, any interest in him and uh, what uh, you know pursuing him? How aggressive should our listeners be off the waiver wire? I mean, it uh, looks like they might get a good five or six weeks out of him. Do you think he continues to perform the way he has? A batting uh, coming into uh, this weekend's action, batting two ninety six, couple home runs, ten runs batted in. Yeah, losing uh, DeJong was uh, hurt me. I had him in a, a couple of leagues, probably more than a couple. I liked him going in. A guy you can get late, and I thought I liked this. Uh, what do you get as far as the power supply there? Uh, Munoz, I have no problem with uh, uh, if he's the guy you, you picked up to re- replace DeJong. That's fine. Mm-hmm. You know, I think he survived him for a month. Uh, he's batting, what, 296, got a couple of home runs, stolen base. I, mean, I don't think he's anything special. You know, I don't think he's anything special. He's going, you know, oh, he's going to take over the job for DeJong. I don't expect that to happen. But I think you're okay with him as a replacement. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, what are we thinking about uh, the waiver wire for you? Uh, anybody that you're targeting uh, this week? I mean, I noticed Harrison Bader has uh, come on. Uh, Tyler O'Neill, continuing with the Cardinals, Tyler O'Neill sent back down to the minors. Uh, Harrison Bader has had a pretty good week or so. Um, is he somebody that uh, that our listeners should be targeting as well? Harrison Bader, man, there's an easy nickname there, and it's not complimentary. I know. I know. Uh, yeah, that's a, eight, that that's tough. Uh, that's tough. In the past week, two home runs. Yeah, uh, uh, Mr. Bader, Mr. Bader, right? Yeah, let's go with that. Sure, Mr. Bader. Um, that's funny. Uh, so it's no one I'm dying. I mean, like I said, Stripling was somebody I wanted. You know, Reyes was I, last week, somebody I wanted. And by the way, if, if people have given up on Reyes and released him, because once again, no DL spots, I uh, might want to have some DL spots. I wouldn't mind picking him back up, taking a chance there, see if he can... Uh, if he can last, you know, if he'll, uh, if he'll move on there. Other than that, you know, there's no one I'm dying for here. Uh, a couple of Braves pitchers. Remember, Soroka and Gohara, both on rehab. So they should both be back within the next 10, day, 10 to 14 days. I wouldn't mind picking up those two. You know, one of them, probably not both. Uh, if I had a choice and everything works out even, I'd have Soroka over Gohara. But uh, those are guys I'm looking at to pick up. Uh, Hitters-wise, I-, I like Tyler O'Neill a lot. You mentioned him. I wish they would I wish they would keep him up and give him a job. The power is legit there. But they seem intent on going with uh, other guys. So we, uh, we sit and we wait. Carlos Rodon, White Sox uh, pitcher, supposedly on track to return next weekend. Any interest in Carlos Rodon? Maybe a little stash for a week. I mean, I like Rodon. I've always liked Rodon. Mm-hmm. Uh, another guy I wish they would just uh, – we wish he would stay healthy and pitch. Mm-hmm. But he always seems to be banged up. You know you're not going to get too many wins out of him. The team is bad. They're still rebuilding. Mm-hmm. You know, this this guy's only 25 years old. It seems like we've been talking about him forever. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, so I think he, there's some upside there. But 
could be on an innings count. You know, could be on a pitch count. Uh, I think I think they played very cautious with them. That being said, yeah, I think he's a pickup for at least your bench. Uh, sort of a wait and see what happens. And you want to pick him up now because if you wait to see him pitch and he pitches well, well then the prices got drastically higher. Absolutely. Uh, another guy expected to make his uh, debut, 2018 debut. Uh, upcoming week is that Daniel Murphy, second baseman for the Washington Nationals, been recovering from microfracture surgery on his right knee. Uh, supposedly he could be back in the lineup on Tuesday. Um, do you wait to see, uh, you know, how he how he plays before you put him in your starting lineup? I mean, what do you think this means for the Nets lineup overall? Oof. I think it's good for the Nats lineup. I think they need his bat in the lineup. Uh, I think you bring up a great, great question because you sort of uh, – it's harder now because he's beginning the week with the uh, with the, the Nationals. If he's starting on a Friday, now you sit him. No problem. You know, get, yeah. get a couple of games, see what he looks like. But now you get the whole week. Uh, for me, it's going – I don't own him in any leagues. I didn't draft him because mm-hmm. I, I was worried that he would be out longer than they said. Uh, but if I did draft, it would come down to what, who else is – who's my second base or who's my middle infielder now? Who is he replacing? Is it a terrible player? Then it's an easy choice. If it's a player who's performing for me, then I'd like to wait. I think in a perfect world, I'd like to wait, but I think most owners won't have that option. He's going to replace someone who's not doing anything. So you got to plug him in there. But uh, generally with injured players, Joe, especially injured players who have had long injuries, not guys who not 10-day deals, but we're talking, he's been out months. You know, I like to give a, a week to see what they make sure they're healthy. The last thing I want to see is Murphy plays on Tuesday. If he doesn't look good, or he's going, you know, or, or, or he's not quite healthy, he's going to sit out a couple of days, or he's going to play play every other day the first week back. So, that perfect mm-hmm. world, I'd like to sit him a week. All right, and uh, keeping up with the uh, Nationals, you mentioned uh, Steven Strasburg being a little injury prone. Um, he might be dealing with something on his non-pitching arm, so we'll keep uh, keep an eye on that. But uh, uh, Adam Eaton supposedly is. Uh, Playing a, a few games, the uh, rehab uh, could be close to coming back. Uh, I, I got to think that that's going to hurt uh, a guy like a Michael Taylor, who, man, you know, 13 stolen bases, but just can't get out of his own way, batting just uh, 203. Yeah, you know, Washington's got, uh, with Strasburg, it was, uh, what, forearm cramps. He sh- I would think he'll be okay. So I'm not worried yeah. about Strasburg. And, and it's not pushing uh, hand, too, so. Right, so it, it shouldn't be a big deal. You mentioned the problem with Washington. Who's losing their job? Uh, we know it ain't Bryce Harper. All right, he's not right. losing his job. So Taylor, Soto, Eaton. Or do they go some, some kind of platoon with all three? Or is, uh, I don't think Soto loses his job. He's played pretty well. Mm-hmm. Just yeah, coming yeah. up there, he's top, right, he's a top prospect. Mm-hmm. So I, I got to think it's Michael Taylor. you know. And by the way, Soto can play center field. So for those who you were thinking that, oh, they have no center field, you don't want Eaton at center field, which I agree. you know, mm-hmm. Soto can play center He'll be fine at center field. So it could come down to some kind of platoon between Soto and Taylor. That wouldn't shock me either. You know, against mm-hmm. tougher left-handers that Taylor gets to play playing time here. But bottom line is I think uh, Taylor is going to be the one who loses out. Mm-hmm. Let's take a look at a couple of pitchers that uh, might be available for our listeners off the waiver wire. Uh, Jaime Barria, uh, starting pitcher for the Angels. Uh, so far, 5-1, 2.48 ERA, uh, whip of 1.05. Uh, not really a, much of a strikeout pitcher, but you know, he gave you some. I mean, uh, 30 Ks and just under 37 innings pitch. Uh, what are you thinking about Jaime Barria? Is he someone that you might target? But yeah, but yeah, but yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, I thought about him, and I, I didn't pull the trigger. This is last week. 
you know, I thought about it now. Of course, I wish I did. He had a good start. So, yes, to answer your question, yeah, he's going to be somebody I'm going to have to go. I, once again, short term. I don't expect him to keep us at the rest of the season, but short term, and in a, in a league or two, I need a pitcher. He's someone I would look for. What about a guy uh, that you kind of laughed at last week, but he had a very nice first start? Uh, Nathan Thank you for pointing that out for me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, right? He had to be pulled from a no-hitter. Uh, so yeah. good for Nathan. Uh, I did, you know, it's funny. I gave him a second look this week, and, man, his, mm-hmm. his two starts this week, I think, are against Scherzer and some other ace. So you're probably not getting W's here. Tampa Bay's really playing for the future. Not, well, I shouldn't say really. They are playing for the future, not this season. So uh, I don't know if there's a whole ton of upside here with Nathan Ivaldi. But once again, he might be worth a dollar or two. But don't be fooled to thinking because it's a two-star week. It's a great week for him. If you need W's, you're probably not getting them. Mm. Frankie Montas, a former big-time prospect for the White Sox, right? Uh, now uh, pitching for the A's. He's had a couple of decent starts. He probably will be someone that uh, is getting some looks on the waiver wire this week. Uh, will George Kurtz be looking at him? The A's have a couple of pitchers that maybe uh, should get some more looks from people. They're playing better than people believe or people yes. think or people realize. How about that? Uh, I think Mengden should be looked at. Uh, you mentioned Montas should be looked at. Might be too late uh, Trevor him, Cahill. Mm-hmm. Trevor Cahill should be looked at. He's another guy. These yeah. guys are pitching well. I mentioned Hey, Oakland is a very good pitcher's ballpark, you know, mm-hmm. and they're they're scoring runs, so your chance for W is increasing. This is not a horrendous team, not a horrendous mm-hmm. team at all. You know, they may end up right. finishing around 500 this season. Maybe a tick or two above wouldn't shock me. So I think all these guys you need to look at. There you go. All right. Uh, you do the five up, five down article for the Roro Experts. Uh, one guy that you mentioned, uh, Minnesota Twins outfielder Max Kepler. He's a guy that flies under the radar. Uh, you mentioned even in the article that may, may not ever reach the what was expected out of him, but uh, is he uh, someone that uh, is worth rostering? It depends what you're looking for. I mean, once again, the average isn't great. It's 243. It's what he batted last year as well, so that's pretty much what his average is. So it's, he's going to hurt you there. Not crush you, but hurt you. Mm-hmm. But for a guy who's on the waiver wire, he has some upside with some power. And uh, once again, the weather's getting warm here. I expect the ball to tr- start traveling further. That's what I'm looking for. Right. Absolutely. Uh, also in your article, uh, you mentioned uh, Mitch Moreland. We had talked about him uh, last week with the release of Han Ram. He's going to be getting a lot more at-bats. By the way, uh, the uh, Red Sox put Dustin Pedroia, and this is going to shock you, back on the DL. Are you shocked that Dustin Pedroia is back on the DL? No, no, not at all. Uh, and I don't listen. If, if anybody had him on their deal and just activated him, or anybody picked him up, this shouldn't be a big loss. I mean, he was never going to play every day anyway. Uh, he's not nowhere near the same player he, he once was. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, also, uh, continuing to look at your five up, five down, Runya Odor, uh, Texas Ranger, second baseman. Is he the second baseman there uh, for the he, Texas indeed Rangers? He is. He is. Yeah. Um, what are we thinking about him? I mean, he's a guy, you know, has some power, could steal a base, just can't hit his way out of a paper bag when it comes to batting average. Doesn't even have any power anymore. He's got one home run this year. One. Yeah. Uno. Yeah, only one stolen base. <laughs> yeah, I know. I was going to say that too. But, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, last year he had 30 home runs. This year he has one. Last year he had 15 stolen mm-hmm. bases. This year he has one. He says he's batting higher than last year. You know, last year he batted mm-hmm. 204. This year he's at 215. What is he giving you right now? 
You know, he almost started World War Three last night against the Angels by spiking uh, Angelton Simmons. Uh, so uh, there was some talk He's about 10 days one. ago that he could be sent down. Oh, yeah, Jose Batista knows that. You know, uh, I, I, why are you holding on to him? That's really what I come down to right now. I'm not starting him. I can't start. Why are you starting him? You want to hold on to him on your bench because you have extra bench spots and hope he breaks out of it? Fine. But he's a player that's so not in my lineup now until he figures it out. I think he's droppable. I do. Wow. It depends on who else you have, of course. But at the very least, he's not startable. Mm-hmm. Uh, one guy that's not droppable but has had his issues, and he made it to the who's not part of your article is Giancarlo Stanton. Um did we expect too much out of uh, John Carlos? The pressure of playing in New York, getting to him. You think? I mean, uh, I mean, obviously, I mean, he could go off and just carry the team on his back for a month, but he's, ha- he's still having his issues. Striking. Out. The thing is, he doesn't. You know, he doesn't look good. He can't hit a right-hander to save his life. He's got mm-hmm. such a closed stance that any kind of uh, outside off-speed pitch. He's lost on. I mean, he's just lost on. He's got happy feet. You watch him in the batter's box. He's moving those feet all over the place. You know, and it's weird. You don't see batters do that. Because if you're moving your feet, then even your eyesight's getting taken off the ball. I think that's half the problem. It's very strange. It's almost, uh, if this would have happened immediately after he got hit in the face a couple years ago, I would have thought this is the reason. But we know he's past that. So why is his right. feet are, are his feet so happy? Like I said, they keep moving, moving like he's dancing back there. It's just strange. So I just don't think he's comfortable against right-handers. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Since we're talking about the Yankees, and uh, he's also made it to your who's not list is Gary Sanchez. Do you think that his what's wrong with him? And do you think that it's the problems? With his fielding, maybe uh, now moving into the problems in the batter's box, it could, could could they be affecting each other? Well, you have to wonder that, if that is the reason. Also, I think he's got caught up in the long-distance home runs of Judd and Stanton. That's what he's trying to do too much and not hitting the ball right. to right field as much. You know, I think he's – listen, the ball goes out there uh, to right field and right center and right field in Yankee Stadium much more easily than left. Just hit the ball out there. Mm-hmm. Take what they're giving right. you here. Uh, mm-hmm. He's he, Another guy who's falling, he's having trouble with the off-speed pitch. He's swinging at him out of the zone, and they're not even close to strikes. My biggest oh, worry so about Sanchez is this. terrible at times this week. Yes, uh, that's been his issue. The biggest problem yeah. with Sanchez is this. Romine is batting 350. Yeah, He's not going to replace Sanchez in the lineup, but he's going to get the goal of the uh, Sonny Gray starts because Gray has a much better ERA with him. Not that it's great, but it's mm-hmm. better. And right. I don't think you're going to see, uh, you know, the Yankees in a, in a rush to put Sanchez as the DH in those games because, once again, he's not hitting anyway. Mm-hmm. So you're not going to, you know, he may lose starts. He may get complete days off rather than, you know, in, uh, no uh, no catch but DH. I don't think you're going to see that as much anymore just to get Neil Walker's bat in the lineup with somebody else who has been playing. Yeah, and uh, Romine's been hot, but just not getting enough at-bats, uh, I think, to, to worth an ad. But, uh Thank you for tuning in to Weekend Fantasy Update. Hope all your fantasies become realities. Thanks to George Kurtz, and thanks to Rob Bowe. We'll see you next week on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network.